0: Oh. Uh-huh.
1: that commitment tonight. He's worthy tonight. Can you just lift your hands and glorify him a moment? Hallelujah. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. If you think about it in the context of the Old Testament when they would bring sacrifices to God, animals, the first fruit of their garden, The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. If you were in the Old Testament tonight, you would have walked in the building with a sacrifice. You would have not ever thought to approach God without a sacrifice and it would have been your best, the best you had, the best that was available. In the New Testament, we offer a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips. He still deserves our best. He still deserves our best praise. And I think on a Wednesday night when we praise God, that aptly describes how we feel sometimes. It is a sacrifice of praise. I'm tired. It's been a long day, right? I'm ready to get in the bed. I've got a big day tomorrow. It would be easy just to relax, but the reality of it is God deserves a sacrifice of praise. And I want to let him know that I appreciate him and I love him and I honor him tonight. God bless you. You may be seated. Good to see you on this Wednesday night, family Christian training. We are eagerly anticipating a great weekend it is our all nations sunday weekend and we are taking the whole weekend it's going to be great normally we celebrate sunday morning it's a big service and we celebrate uh, the whole gospel to the whole world amen by the whole church we celebrate that wholeness on sunday morning but this year we decided man let's just make it a whole weekend and so sunday morning i 'm um, going to be pastor uh, going to be ministering with pastor martinez and we 'll be ministering together and uh, God always moves in a great way on that sunday morning and then Sunday evening we have a great all nation Sunday festival here sunday evening it 's going to be in the front parking lot and uh, so you heard me preach Sunday morning about serving and being a part and being involved and so if you have any questions about how you can help or be involved in our All Nations Sunday Festival Sunday night, uh, please get with our Connect desk, and I'm sure they'll be able to assist you and help you. There's going to be a great weekend, a great weekend, Sunday morning, Sunday night, our um, All Nations Sunday Festival. Luke chapter 15, we have been discussing the parables of Jesus last week. We talked about the seed and the sower, and tonight we are going to be talking about the parable of the lostness, particularly the lost sheep. He covers the lost prodigal, lost sheep, lost coin. Tonight we are going to focus in on the parable of the lost sheep. Luke chapter 15 and verse 3. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, do not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it. And when he hath found it, he doesn't stop looking until he finds it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing, And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Brother Austin preached about this Sunday night more than over the ninety and nine Just persons which need no repentance. Which need no repentance. Tonight, we want to focus in on one principle that seems elementary, but we need to be reminded about it, and that is that God cares about every lost soul. Every. And the truth that I need to be reminded of tonight is that I will and I should rejoice when lost sheep is found. Because what makes God happy should make me happy. What makes heaven break out in a party and rejoice should make me break out and rejoice as well. And the Bible tells us what makes heaven happy is when a sinner repents. Nothing should energize the church any more than seeing people at an altar surrendering to God. Right? Nothing should make the church happier, get more excited, Uh, generate praise and excitement than seeing people repent. Congratulations, you got it. It wasn't cold or raining. In fact, it was a beautiful Saturday morning, the day little Mandy Dutton went missing. Several people came together to look for her in the woods behind the Dutton house. Daniel Dutton, the father, was frantic, as you might imagine. His daughter had been playing chase, hide and seek, and running around with her imaginary friends as he chopped wood that morning. Around lunchtime, as he gathered up his tools and looked around for his daughter, Mandy, she was gone. He searched diligently for his daughter with no success. He could not find her. Finally, the frantic father ran into the house to call for help to help find his little girl. The whole neighborhood showed up, calling her name, whistling, thrashing through the underbrush. It seemed that the search was endless. They looked everywhere. Daniel, the father, was paralyzed with fear. Daniel, her father, was paralyzed with fear, as you might imagine if you've ever uh, been in a shopping mall or you've been somewhere and you lost sight of your son or daughter just for a moment. That fear that grips you, this is how Daniel felt. Where could she be? He was just watching her. She was just there. The worst that could happen began to terrorize his mind, and his hopes were quickly fading away with each hour they could not find his daughter. He couldn't imagine going on life without her, her laughter, feeling her cradled in his arms. He fell to the earth, and he tells the story. He raised his arms towards the heavens, and he said, God, only you know where my baby girl is at. Please keep her safe until we find her. Help her to feel your sheltering arms around her until she is safely back in mine." Finally, after a long period of time, someone shouted, over here. Daniel scrambled to his feet and ran like the wind in the direction of the voice. He ran with all of his might until he came to a small clearing, and what he saw blew his mind. There, in the middle of a small patch of grass, was little Mandy, cradled next to a resting lamb, separated from his mother the lamb would raise his head and bleat and then reach down and nuzzle the crying little girl nestled safely against the warmth of this little sheep's body the lamb seemed to know the little girl's situation was much more urgent than him finding his mother daniel scooped up the lamb and his daughter in one big hug With tears in his eyes, Daniel whispered, Don't worry, little lamb, we'll find your mother. For now, I'm thanking God for sending you to my little girl. How thankful that father must have been. Jesus looked over his audience in our scripture text tonight. He began the lesson by asking a question. What man of you, having a hundred sheep if he lose one of them does not leave the 99 even in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost he asks the question which of you would not do that as if to say every one of you would do it in a minute now as we think about it that math doesn't necessarily seem to add up but the folks that he addressed that day knew exactly what he was talking about and it's why he used a parable. Perhaps they were men that he hadn't met or perhaps he had a word of knowledge and he just knew who was in the crowd. He knew he was teaching to. Whatever the case, Jesus knew the relevance of this story and he knew it would resonate with them. They were fully aware of the shepherd's relationship with his flock. For a real shepherd, sheep are not just currency. They're not just seen as something that pays the bills. But they spend countless hours out on the countryside with them. Sometimes that's the only company that a shepherd has. And he grows to love these sheep. And he has a special relationship with this flock. And so Jesus was saying, because I know you love them like that, I know every single one of you in this crowd today would leave 99 and go find the one that you had lost. It was a perfect object lesson to reinforce the importance of how deep the good shepherd's love is for each of his sheep. Billions of people in the world. Traffic is getting crazy, even in Fuquay. Everywhere you go, it's just people, people, people. Right? And sometimes it can feel like you're just another person in a great sea of nothingness. And you wonder, and you wonder if God really cares. It has been proven that most suicidal victims think one of two things. Number one, they think there's no God. Or number two, shockingly enough, many think there is a God, but that he doesn't care what's going on in their life. And Jesus was teaching this lesson in a relevant way to people who had flocks of sheep to let them know just like you would never, ever Think about leaving a sheep out alone in the wilderness with everything out there that could possibly hurt them. The good shepherd would never think of leaving you alone without searching, without looking. And in that powerful parable, he reminds them the way you love your sheep. Think about that kind of love. That's the kind of love I have for each of you. It's a powerful parable. That reminds those that are there today and those that are here tonight that our Father, our Heavenly Father, has a great love for His children. Jesus is the Good Shepherd who's willing to leave the 99 of His treasured sheep with neighboring helpers to go into the rugged dangers of darkness to find that one lost sheep. Now, I want us to be reminded... That we're not just talking about Jesus being the good shepherd, but we need to be reminded of the parallel that we are the body of Christ. And that whatever he says he would do, we should do. And so if he says, I'll leave the comfort of the ninety-nine, and I'll go anywhere, and I'll do anything to reach just one. That's the kind of love I have for lost sheep. It is a reminder that as a church, we should have that same determination, that same compassion, and that same burden, that we will do anything and everything if it's for just one person. One person. Think about it. What if there was only one person in Fuquay tonight that was lost? Just one. Would we still, with the same energy, same passion, evangelize our city if there was just one? Jesus said, I would. I'd go after it like there was thousands out there. And so regardless, if you're just working with one person, Or you just know one person in your family or one person on the job that's lost and not where they need to be with God. The same love and compassion that he illustrated in this parable is the same love and compassion that you should have when you're praying for them, when you're reaching for them, when you're interceding for them, like they are the only person on this planet. That's the shepherd's love. And when he finds the sheep he gently lifts the sheep onto his shoulders to carry the sheep safely home. Those who came to listen to Jesus there that day were not only followers, but they were kind of a mixed bag of people. There were some sinners there. There were some unbelievers. The audience Jesus ministered to was very diverse. There were also... Some very self righteous religious leaders that were there. So you got the super spiritual, you got those that are lost, and you got followers in between. Some of the self righteous ones were there to find fault and judge others with folded arms and dark stares. We don't know who will show up at church. We have no idea who will darken the doors tonight or next week or at any point in the future. The gospel's for all people regardless of their past. We don't do moral credit checks in the front foyer. Come on, somebody. Right? We don't interview them in the foyer to find out if they're good enough to come in the sanctuary. Because if we did that, none of us would be here. And so we don't know who's going to show up. We don't know their past. We don't know what they've done, where they've been, what they've gone through. Right? The good shepherd, when he finds the lost sheep, I don't find him interrogating. I don't find him judging him. I don't find him asking him, what in the world you been doing? Why'd you run off? Why'd you do that? You know what he does? He picks him up. He loves him. He throws him on his shoulder, and he gets him home just as quick as he can. What an illustration of what every single one of us should be, that we love people enough that we're not judging them, we're not critiquing them, we're not criticizing them, we're not looking at them thinking, why did you do this? Why did you run off and do that? Why would you do something so irresponsible? No, we're going to love them. We're going to search for them. We're going to look for them. And when we see them, oftentimes they come in or someone brings them in. We are going to greet them as if we have been all day long searching for just them. If you think about it, that's the way the church should greet every guest that comes in this church. Like we have been as a church waiting this whole time just for them. Like, oh, you're here. We've been waiting on you. <laughs> we thought you would never get here. How excited would us would a guest be if they came to church and we act like the whole church had been waiting on just them to get there? <laughs> and so oftentimes we get so caught up in our little circle and our little friends and what we're doing. We go home and be like, I wonder who that person was that sat three rows over back. I never got to. Right? That's not what the shepherd does. The shepherd does—he finds that one lost sheep, and he's so excited, he don't even think about the 99. (laughs) You've heard me say this many times, but it's something I want to keep reminding us as a church because it's kind of one of those culture things. When we were a young church in the storefront, if a guest came in, we were awkwardly obvious that we were glad they were there. I'm not even telling you it was good. (laughs) It wasn't. They just got bombarded. And I mean, the whole church like, right? My mom would be like, I'm like, mom, I know we got a guest. That's awesome. And the whole church was like. Why should the size of the church change that culture? It shouldn't. It doesn't matter if there are 500 people here. If a guest walks in, we should be just that excited. It's a lost sheep. We found a lost sheep. There's a lost sheep here. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that heaven just broke out into a party? We should get that excited. We should love them the way he loves them. And so those that were there, they were from a very diversity of backgrounds. The crowd that followed Jesus included acknowledged sinners, as well as self-righteous people, flaunting their good works in fact they flaunted them so much they would put boxes of scriptures uh, strapped to their heads so that everybody knew how spiritual they were imagine coming to church with a box of scriptures strapped to your head (laughs) that would be a way of identifying bible quizzers look at my i don't know what the theme is but look at my rooted box strapped to my head look how spiritual i am i want everybody to know And so you had those people in church, then you had the obvious sinners, and then then there was those that were in between. That's who made up the crowd that day. However, Jesus never turned any of them away. Perhaps he thought this would be the day they would come to understand what a good shepherd is and how he is no respecter of persons. Why? Because the shepherd loves every sheep, every sheep. The story of the good shepherd demonstrates that God loves every person. He does not consider the baggage of one's past as a deterrent to his love. We see ourselves and we see baggage. We see mistakes. We see hang-ups. We see flaws. But that ain't what he sees. Because he loves every sheep. With the with undying Love that only a shepherd has. He loves us in that way. His grace indiscriminately draws every living soul to Him. It doesn't matter how deep in sin a person has fallen, God will reach to the lowest depths to lift a person up. The parable didn't say the shepherd would go a quarter mile, but that's all I'm going. I'll go, I'll do this, but I ain't going to do that. I'll be willing to do this, but I ain't going to lower myself to do that. He said, I'll go anywhere and I'll do anything. In fact, he didn't say if he finds a lost sheep. He said, when he finds the lost sheep, he said, I'll do whatever it takes. But I promise you, I'm going to find them. I'm going to find that lost sheep. And it should be that same tenacity and that determination And I'm going to keep praying for you whether you want me to pray for you or not. (laughs) I'm going to keep inviting you to church whether you like it or not. I'm going to love you whether you're hateful or not because I am searching and I am pleading with God for your soul. I'm trying to win your soul to God. And so even sometimes when a lost sheep keeps running, we don't give up on them. We don't give up on them because a shepherd's love and the kind of love that we have is a love that will go anywhere and go as far as we possibly can to reach them. And so God demonstrates that. It doesn't matter how hateful someone is towards God. Or how many times that person has raised an angry fist towards heaven. And declared God doesn't exist. This is what's so powerful about God if you think about it. I mean this is it's amazing. Somebody can come in this parking lot. And stand out there and shake their fist. And curse God. Walk in that building. Sit down on that pew. Two chords into the first song, conviction will grip their heart, and God will be loving them all the way to the altar. That's the heart of a shepherd. <laughs> and that's the kind of heart that we strive to have. I'm not saying it's easy. Hateful family members, hateful coworkers, hateful friends. All you're trying to do is love them. It'd be so easy to be like, well, you're going to be that way. I ain't gonna. No, that's it. I'm done with you. I'm writing you off. I'm done with you. That's not what the good shepherd does. He continues to love them, right? Continues to draw them in, knowing they still belong to the fold where they were lost, and they still belong to the shepherd who seeks to find them. We got to be reminded that no matter how low they are, how ornery they are, how difficult they are to deal with, he still loves them. He still died for them. And if they were the only person on this planet, he would have still stretched his arms out and took nails in his hands. And if he loves them like that, then we must love them like that. Because the reality of it is, God loves everyone with the same passion. A popular quote that we've seen going around for a while is, God loves you just the way you are. Woo, that's great. But the reality of it is, he loves you enough not to leave you that way. The shepherd didn't go to the lost sheep going, Oh, I just want to make sure I'm checking on you. looks like you're in a big mess there. And I love you anyway. See you later. Oh, the good shepherd said, I love you enough not to leave you there. That's the kind of love that he shows. We cannot fully understand the grace of God any more than we can understand the full expanse and complexity of his essence. It's hard to, for us to understand and grasp that kind of love. That knowledge is reserved for our final destination in heaven. However, we can understand that no matter where we find ourselves, and I know we sit here tonight, Christians, and we feel somewhat insulated, but we need to be reminded that you can very quickly find yourself in a bad place and uh, estranged and feeling alone and away from God. You can have your entire world turned upside down in one phone call. We need to be reminded today, in that moment, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we do, no matter what mistake we made, that he will find us as the good shepherd. (laughs) What a consolation. that He will give us the opportunity to take his hand and allow him to lift us up onto his shoulders and into a relationship with him. He never gives up. The Bible says he is not willing that any man any person should perish, not even one, not even one. And so this message, this parable, not only is about us reaching lost sheep, it's about also reminding us that when we're lost, He's coming after us, That He never writes us off. He never gives up on us. I've, I've been there, I've, I've made mistakes, I've been estranged and away from God, and I, I can attest tonight that. No matter where I went, and I didn't, may not have gotten as far out as some of you, and your testimony may be in a place where you felt like you were even further away, but I've talked to many people who went a long way from God, and they told me one thing I could never get away from was the conviction and the love of God. I couldn't get drunk enough. I couldn't get high enough. I couldn't run away far enough. No matter where I went, there was always God's presence pulling me. That was the good shepherd. They'd run around a corner. Look back, and there's the good shepherd. Still walking. And it's a consolation to me that he won't give up on me. He doesn't walk out on me when I make mistakes. He loves me in a way that only a good shepherd could. Jesus knows our intentions and and passion desires that whether they are upright or not. The Bible says that nothing can separate his love from us. Yeah, we got moments when we question God, we fight against him and perhaps even turn away from him. But he's not going anywhere. In fact, one of my favorite passages of scriptures in Romans chapter 8 and verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's everything. No matter what it is, it cannot separate us. Jude tells us this, these be they who separate themselves. The only person that can separate you from the love of God is you. That's the only thing. You keep running. You keep determined that you're not going to let God track you down. You're not going to let the good shepherd find you. But as soon as you are ready to let the good shepherd find you, I promise he's coming. He's searching. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. We know some sheep are lost. When sheep wander away from the fold, We need to be reminded they do not lose their identity, right? I think sometimes, and I know uh, nobody in this room is guilty of this, and certainly this church is not guilty of this. I would hope not. But just because someone walks away from the fold does not mean that we ostracize them and we somehow cut them out and we lose communication with them and we blacklist them, right? Right? Now, we're not talking about somebody creating division in the church. We ain't trying to stir it. We're not talking about people the Bible talks about marking and mark those. We're not talking about, we're talking about good people that have lost their way and they walk away from God. You don't blacklist them, right? You don't break communication from them. The reality of it is they don't lose their They're still children of God. God still loves them. We should reach for them and love them and let them know God still loves you and we still love you. One of the biggest lies that every backslider in this world deals with when they leave the church that, well, that, you know, I, I left the church and that church don't love me and they don't care about me anymore and no telling what, they would never accept me and I could never make my way back. And that's the lie of the enemy. That's the lie of the devil. The church must constantly portray a love and a kindness going, hey, we're just glad you're back. We don't need to know the story. We don't need to know the details. We don't care. We're just glad that you're back. When we take on that approach and we posture ourselves in that way, more prodigals will walk in the door, right? The shepherd said, when I brought the sheep back, I called my neighbors and we all rejoiced together. More people would come back if there were more rejoicing, Right? Less criticism, less condemnation, less judgment. When they came back, if we threw a party, more people would be willing to come back. So it's important that we understand they don't lose their identity. They are still children of God. So sheep are lost. Sometimes sheep wander. As the shepherd oversees his flock, he may notice one sheep wandering away from the rest of the group. I can tell you because I got a couple of them. They get distracted easy. It don't take a whole lot. (laughs) You can be doing something. All it takes is a little twig of grass over there. And boy, here they go. And there's one over there. And then there's one over there. And next thing you know, they're way off in the corner of the field somewhere. Sheep wonder. They get distracted easily. There's a lot out there to distract them. There's a lot out there to pull their attention away. And so sheep wander. The sheep may be following a lush pathway of fresh green grass to nibble on, or maybe they become spooked and they started running away from an imagined danger. Without realizing it, the sheep has separated from the rest of the flock. And if the shepherd does not see the sheep wandering off, The sheep can get separated and travel quite a distance from the safety of the fold before their absence is even missed. I appreciate Sister Rebecca Barber. Uh, She does a wonderful job. of If people have missed a couple of weeks, she's going to know about it. She does a great job. of I'll oftentimes come to her going, hey, it seems like I'm missing somebody. There's somebody that hasn't been here in a couple of weeks. I just... And she usually, right off the top of her head, she'll tell you. That's the way a, a good church, a good shepherd should be. Wondering and, and watching for people that may have wandered off, just gotten distracted. It doesn't mean they fell off the cliff and died. They just got distracted. And so I, you've heard me tell you this before, but if you miss a few services or you miss a few weekends, uh, some people get offended when I call. Hey, just checking on you. Well, I ain't backslid. Well, I did say you did. I'm just... <laughs> Judging by your reaction to this call, I'm not so sure. (laughs) I know I just and then other people. Oh, thank you, Pastor. I'm glad. Appreciate you checking on me. Appreciate. Sometimes we just wander, right? Sometimes we just get distracted. Sometimes our life gets hectic, and like sheep, we just wander off, and we don't deliberately or intentionally walk away from the fold and put ourselves in danger. But sometimes sheep wander. It grieves our heart, as it should. And if it don't, there's a problem. It grieves our heart when people walk away from God to follow the temptations of the world. The brothers and sisters left behind in a loving church, church will never give up praying for them. Never give up praying for them. They're still part of the family. And prayers should go up consistently for their return. As sad as it is for some of them to walk away and for us to see that how much greater is God's grief for them we hate to see them walk away but we didn't die for them right we hate to see them wander off but the reality of it is we don't love them near like God loves them imagine the grief that God goes through when they wander away he's not willing that any should perish second Peter three and nine we can be assured that no matter the reason that people stray from God, he will always go to great lengths to bring them back into the safety of the fold. And as the body of Christ, so should we. So should we. I, I'm so blessed. Our churches, we have such wonderful people in this church. and um, I, This happens all the time. It just happened last week. I was in a place of business and I ran across someone who used to attend our church and has not attended in a long time. And I was shaking their hand. I was, hey, man, it's good to see you. We've been missing you. And they listed three people from our church. Oh, yeah. This person calls me all the time. They text me all the time. They let me know they're praying. Man, that was one of the proudest moments as a pastor because it let me know. Yeah, they had wondered, but I got shepherds out there that are looking for them. I got shepherds out there letting them know, hey, we're here. We're right here. Whenever you're ready to come back, we're always right here. We hadn't forgot about you. We love you. That's the way people come back. So I was blessed in that moment because it seems incredulous, however convenient, that a shepherd would purchase a replacement sheet for the one that was lost. A real shepherd would never think of that. That's why Jesus opened up the parable with the question, who among you would dare almost to say, you lost one, that's okay, I'll just go buy another one, right? We should look at people as individuals. Not as numbers on a roster, right? Not as just numbers sitting in the pew. We should look at them individually because that's the way God looks at them. He loves them in that way. They're irreplaceable. The relationship between the sheep and the shepherd enhances the value of even one lost sheep. You matter to God in that way. The sheep is a part of a community The sheep's time with the shepherd is invaluable. To the shepherd, that one sheep is valued as much as all the other sheep. The one lost sheep is irreplaceable to the shepherd and is worth the time and the effort to put into the search. We're thankful that God does not just replace us with someone else when we wander away. When we make unwise decisions or wander away from the truth, thank God that he doesn't say, well, you just, that's the decision you made. You made that bed go lie in it. I got somebody else that'll take your place. Nope. The good shepherd is always searching, always looking because he sees sheep as irreplaceable. His love for us as individuals compels him to work diligently, pulling us back into the fold. How incredible is it, that the power of God, the creator of the universe, never gives up on me. He never gives up on me. I've given up on people, I'm, I'm going to be honest. And I should not have, have, and I have to pray and repent because they're in my heart. There's times I'm like, I, they're just never going to make it. He never makes that mistake. I've been convicted more than once. of seeing somebody walk through the back door I'd give up on. And I'm like, dear Lord, God, I'm sorry. Thank God you didn't give up when I did. Because he never gives up on us. He never does. What a consolation to know that if you have lost family members, lost children, lost loved ones, he never gives up on them. No matter where they're at tonight, no matter what they're doing, no matter what they're going through, I promise you the good shepherd is always knocking on the door of their heart. (laughs) And every time you pray, he's commissioning angels no matter what they're doing or what they're going through. What a powerful consolation to know that the shepherd that we serve never gives up on them. Because he loved us even when we were lost. Christ loved us before we loved him. God told Jeremiah that he had plans for him even before he was born. Before he was born. God's seen us at the beginning of our lives, even before our birth before we had any knowledge of who he was, he was already making plans for a great relationship with us. Remember putting that baby room together before you even had the baby, right? The Bible says before you were even born, he was making plans for you. That's the kind of love he has for each of us. That long before we were even in this world, he was pursuing and preparing to have a relationship with us. The greatest love story of all is when God prepared a body for himself and came to the earth. That body was Jesus Christ. He was God manifested in the flesh. He allowed himself to be crucified for our sins. It's really hard for us to imagine the depth of God's love. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he implored the reader to understand the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. But it's still so. Almost incomprehensible, the love of God. And so, because of that, the shepherd searches. It's love that compels him to search. And then, the one lost sheep was so valued by the shepherd that he rejoiced when the sheep was found. He knew the 99 were safe. And I could teach a whole lesson on this, but God helped me to be so mature. And help me to live for God and be mature enough to know that when he's off looking for the lost sheep, he don't have to worry about me wandering off. If all the church does is spend all of its energy and time trying to keep you saved, we can't go find the one lost. If every time we turn around, some of the 99 are wandering off, it don't give a lot of time to reach the one. God help us to have a relationship with God that says, you know what, I'm I'm, I'm sold out to God. I've made up my mind. I'm going to live for God. And because of that, I don't have to pray through every weekend. The pastor don't have to worry about me backsliding every week. And the energy and the focus and the mission can be on those that are lost. A church that grows is a mature church that says, you know what, you don't have to pray me through every weekend. Let's focus on those that are lost. I'm going I'm, I'm to pray through on my own. I'm going to be at the altar. But if all we do is spend our time and energy trying to keep the saved saved, we can't find the one that's lost. So it's important that those that are there, that are left with the neighbors and are left with the friends to take care of, that they are there when the shepherd comes back. The lost sheep could have been lost forever or something could have happened to take the sheep's life. That's what makes the celebration so great. Those of you that have lost your way with God at times in the past and and maybe you, you made it back to God, you know how difficult it is to get back to God when you're away from Him because you have to fight a thousand devils to make it back. And so if you've ever been estranged from God, if you've ever been in a place where your relationship with God was where it it, it, it shouldn't have been, and you were separated from God, but you made it back, when someone else makes it back, you should lead the party. You should be the first one rejoicing because you know that's a miracle. It took a miracle for them to get back. They had to overcome a lot of things. They had to get past a lot of things to make it back. And so when the lost sheep is carried back into the friends and the family over his shoulder, the reason they're so happy is because, man, there's lions, there's bears out there. The weather's terrible. It could have been lost. There's thousands of acres. But the shepherd found him. Isn't that a miracle? That's the way we should see it when the prodigal makes it back. It's joy to see someone come to Christ. But it's sometimes human nature to observe situations with skepticism. We analyze everything because God gave us intelligence, and so we sometimes overuse it to analyze, overthink everything. And so with with this in mind, we have to be careful not to move from skepticism to judgmental thinking when a sheep comes back, when the shepherd comes back. Well, I wonder what they got into. Well, I wonder where they've been right? I don't care. They're back. That's all I care about. The shepherd found them. And they came back. That's all I need to know. And so God's word warns us not to be conformed to the world, but to allow God to transform our minds, to think more like he thinks. We see God, when we see through his lens, we know that it's the first priority to save every soul we possibly can. He doesn't want one single soul to perish. One single soul to perish. Stand with me. Several years ago, for whatever reason, we thought it was a good idea to get two sheep at my house. To join with uh, ten chickens and two ducks. Some of those have gone on to meet the Lord. But we still have the two sheep. And uh, Brother Austin and I actually went. To a sheep farm to pick out the first sheep, and uh, when we got there, there was a farm and there was sheep everywhere. And we began to talk to the farmer and started looking for the one we was going to pick out. And said, "What are we going to do with these sheep? What do you What do you guys do with these sheep?" He said, "Well, he said uh, these are meat sheep. These are not the kind you cut and get wool off of, and and they keep living. These here, they're all headed for a bad demise." Well, then it was like, well, I don't know which one to pick now. I was like, I want them all. And so we, we picked one out. Well, I didn't necessarily have any kind of trailer to haul it back on. I don't know what I was thinking. I've never bought a sheep before. And apparently you can't just put them in the back of a truck. And so Brother Austin and I put this sheep in the back seat of my truck. My seats fold up. And uh, we just kind of run the little guy up in the back seat there, and he was standing there, and uh, I don't know, it was about an hour drive, right? That was a long drive. Because uh, sheep do what they do. And he did what he did over and over and over again. We had the windows rolled down. We had our heads stuck out the window. We were gagging. That was a long drive. I got home, I got the Brother Marshall, I got the power washer out, and I just folded the back seats and I just sprayed the back of the truck out. But can I tell you, now call me a softie, but every time I walk out to that sheep pen, I look down at that little white sheep right now. I don't think about the stink, I don't think about the trip, I don't think, I think about I saved that little rascal's life. <laughs> And when she comes up and nuzzles my hand and I feed her out of my hand and she follows me around the field out there, it makes it worth it all. The shepherd says, no matter what I got to do, no matter what I got to go through, no matter what I have to do, to see them saved, to see them brought back, to see them returned, will make it worth it all. And I know reaching for prodigals sometimes is a tough business. Sheep that are lost, sheep that are astray, sheep that have wandered away. Sometimes backsliders can be very difficult. They don't like you messing with them. They don't like you preaching to them. They don't like you bugging them. And, and they can be angry and they can be very difficult to, to like. And they'll run away. But the reality of it is: as the shepherd has illustrated, and as we should emulate. We never stop praying for them. We never stop loving them. We never give up on them because we believe there's coming a day when we're going to see them brought back into the fold and the whole church will rejoice and heaven, the Bible says, will break out and rejoice over one lost soul. Over one lost soul. Lift your hands and say, God, give me that kind of compassion. God, I pray tonight that if I've given up on a prodigal, I've stopped praying for a prodigal, or if I have wrote somebody off, God, forgive me for that tonight and help me, Lord. Give me the kind of love and the kind of compassion that you demonstrate, God. The kind that was taught in this parable. The shepherd that never gave up. Help me, Lord, to have that kind of love, that kind of burden for those that are lost. And I pray, God, as a church and as a community, that We get just as excited about a sheep being returned back to the fold as heaven gets. Help us, Lord, to rejoice with the same enthusiasm and excitement that heaven demonstrates when one person is returned. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. God bless you. Looking forward to this weekend, All Nations Sunday. Bring a guest and um, share a miracle. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.